at Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow, who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Jack Sternberg, who is one of our Start Scale students who managed to go from zero to 5K selling growable baby rompers. It's such a unique product and I'm really excited to sit down and chat with her today. So let's just jump into it. Hi Jax, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. Let's start by introducing yourself. Sure, thank you so much Molly. I'm very excited. Um, so my name is Jax. I live in Byron Bay, New South Wales. I'm a mum of one and I started a business technically three years ago, but officially eight months ago called Moosey Moose and it's baby clothes that grow. Um, the reason I dove into that was my son was born huge and I don't wish that upon anyone, but uh, ultimately the, the biggest problem that that meant for me was everything that I bought, which was not much, he'd outgrown before he was born. Um, and it, it really shook me up. I realized how much waste that instantly was, you know, beautiful, cute things that were super fun to buy were also really daunting. You know, I remember as a North American in Australia, as crazy as it sounds, I was having to write out seasonality and how old will he be when it's summer and how old will he be when it's cold and it just felt a little bit overwhelming and um yeah so that that led me to kind of a a positive mental breakdown of there is so much waste in the baby industry and it's not discussed at all in the same way as say women's fashion um, I mean, I, I think I spent six months trying to research the area and there is no data about the waste. Um, so yeah, it, it fired me up to be perfectly honest, which led me to a start and scale and realizing I knew I had the passion, but not all of the knowledge. And yeah, that really helped in my journey to feel confident diving into a million different areas and wearing a million different hats that I'd never worn before. Mm -hmm. And I understand that would be such a prominent issue for most mothers, but like you mentioned, it's something that's not really spoken about, which I find really fascinating. And what really kind of makes your product so unique, which I'm really excited to speak more about later in this little conversation. But to go back, where were you in life before you had this idea? What was your profession? What were you doing day to day? And how has that really kind of changed now that you're an entrepreneur? <laughs> A lot. Um, so my previous life, so city life, not living in Byron, um, both in Canada, Sydney and Brisbane, I was in HR and recruitment. 
Um, I absolutely loved it. I adore working with people. That's probably the one thing I miss. Um, but it was, it was office work. It was nine to five on a great day, seven to seven on an average day. My husband and I didn't see each other very often. We traveled a lot for work, um, which sounds glamorous and fabulous, but really it just meant we had no work-life balance. Um, when we moved here, we quit corporate and dove into that scary realm of what now. We both knew we wanted to work for ourselves, but we didn't know in what capacity. Um, we toyed with a few ideas. Um, I worked locally here in real estate um, and then I fell pregnant. We knew we were gonna have a baby and I'd always known, as crazy as it sounds, and I'd said to my husband, when I have a baby, the business idea will come because it just felt like such a transformative moment that pre-baby and post-baby, you're not the same person. Um, something really does shift. And there was part of me that knew my mind is going to shift so much that something will come up um, that will excite me, that also will work in with my new lifestyle. I had this huge fear of coming up with this business idea and then feeling so positive that motherhood had tons of time for me to run it. And then I'd be held back, you know, by saying, oh, I don't actually have the time to run this business that I've built. And it just, you know, divine timing, it worked out. After I had my son, he was the catalyst for change for me that this fat little baby needed, you know, six month old clothes. And I was wearing my maternity jeans while I was cleaning out his closet and, you know, taking stock of what I needed to buy. And I was just saying to my husband, why on earth have these jeans fit me from size small with no belly all the way through to nine months pregnant and back again? And his clothes don't. And so that kind of got the cogs turning. Um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said going back to a normal job doesn't seem easier but oh my goodness to be able to spend my days with him work in my business and grow it at a speed that I can handle each year is such a gift such a gift I think that's incredible and I love that journey that you've really had discovering your passions and I think that's really really important and what mm. a lot of people listening will probably also agree with where you know, as you mentioned, it can seem glamorous working and moving and traveling. But when you have that passion, like you said, it will just come to you. And I think it's amazing the kind of realization with your maternity jeans, because that's something so true. And a lot of people, as you mentioned, haven't really thought of. And this is why I love your product so much. And from here, you mentioned earlier, it was a three year idea. And in the last eight months, <laughs> it really happened. What was really that transformative moment that between the three year idea and the eight months of actually being a business really push you to say, I'm going to do this and I need to do this. I probably sat up one night, the night that I that I had like that, what's going on with my maternity jeans, took them off, took them apart, figured it out. I should mention I have zero design skills, zero production knowledge. Like my, my background for this industry is nothing other than like knowing people and feeling empathetic and being 
naturally organized. Um, it, it was one of those like, should I dive into this because I'm not the person that can do it? Um, to no, wait a second, I'm really excited about it. And 10 years ago, I knew nothing about HR. I knew nothing about this. I knew nothing about these industries that I serviced. And yet I learned them. Um, you know, so I had to give myself a lot of time to feel confident to dive into it all. So the day that I fully looked at it and fully thought this could be a business, clothes that are adjustable, clothes that grow, um, my first evening of diving into it was as a consumer. It was saying, all right, Google, where are these clothes? I want something that lasts longer. I've changed my wardrobe to be a more sustainable, long lasting wardrobe. I'm going to do the same for my son. I don't feel like shopping every three weeks. Um, and nothing came up. And I was like, okay, I'm using the wrong keywords. I'll try again. I'll dig deeper. I'll look at overseas. And, you know, there was one little business that, that does pop up. That's kind of a, an aerospace vibe. And he won loads of awards for his ingenuity with fabrication. And it was from a science perspective, not so much from a, the baby will wear this and feel comfortable and live their life and it will wash. And, um, and I, my mind was blown. How does this not, not exist? And the answer was so simple. It doesn't exist because it doesn't make as much money. These big corporations, I've, I have now realized, add more sizes to the baby industry to make more money. Um, you know, I, I have a girlfriend overseas who used to work for a big company, and she said straight up they had a marketing meeting about injecting a three-month window where they were going to put a new size run because it was the most purchased because it was the fastest growth spurt. So they went, cool, six to nine months is a new size run, and that's going to increase our revenue by X. And that was it for me. It just went, okay, it doesn't exist. I'm doing it. I'll find the pattern maker. I'll dive into learning about fabrications. I know that I like soft. I know I like stretchy. I know what I want my baby to wear. And hopefully that resonates with other moms or gift givers. Um, that was another big thing, pre-baby. I mean, how fun is it to buy baby gifts for a new parent? So fun, <laughs> you know, it's like shopping for a doll. And I was always hit with that issue of, okay, I'm gonna send it overseas so it'll take a month, so I'll make sure it still fits, or, um, you know, is it gonna be the right seasonality, or is it gonna suit them at that age? Are they gonna be tall babies or fat babies or squishy? And it really then blew up that idea in my mind. Of, okay, I'm, I'm not a designer, but I do love gift giving. I do love practicality. I do adore sustainability and where the fashion industry is going in that space. So I'm just going to do it. That process, long-winded, took me about two weeks. Two weeks of I'm a consumer, I'm looking for this, to this doesn't exist, I'm going to make it happen. That was 100% credited to my very patient husband who watched that transition and said, why not try? Um, and then it was, it was diving into questions. It was asking people that I knew in the industry, do you know somebody that can help me with pattern making? Do you know somebody that can help me source materials? Um, 
it, it happened pretty quickly to find somebody to help me in those spaces. But then I was up against desperately wanting to manufacture in Australia. Um, a big, a big proponent to that was just risk. I didn't love the idea of sending this idea, conversing, diving into manufacturing overseas, not being able to get there. And the elements of the garment were unique. So it wasn't as simple as, hey, can you make me a onesie in this color and add my logo? It was, hey, we've got this functionality that needs to be safe, that needs to work, that needs to say what it, I say it does and last a lot longer than your average garment. So to me, the only answer was being able to physically go somewhere, meet the people, see the machines, understand the intricacies of how the garment was gonna be made um, and eliminate that risk. And also, I'm sure many founder students have found when you're in that manufacturing phase, you're, you're shipping things back and forth one thing at a time. Okay, edit, edit this, edit that. That idea drove me crazy. There's a lot of learnings, I think, and you've definitely pointed out a few things that I, I really want to speak more about. And I love the idea that you kind of mentioned, you mentioned it briefly, how you weren't an expert. You didn't really know anything before stepping into it and starting stunt sale course, which is one thing that I personally really like about the course myself. I might be a bit biased, but I just think it's a really great way to learn. And I'd love to know how you kind of educated yourself in those different areas to even find your manufacturer, to find how you were even going to design it when you didn't have any prior knowledge in those fields. I didn't know where to start. I think that's that's many, many people's problem. Um, so I dove into what was fun first. What was fun for me first was branding. Um, I'm lucky and grateful that we have a wonderful friend in our circle that has a branding company he adored the idea and he jumped on board to help me in that way while i was putting my time and energy into that it was it was it was kind of giving me an excuse to go slow i'm going to make sure that i feel the branding that it talks to me that that the i kind of thought the branding would lead me to answer lots of unknowns for me. What colorways am I gonna do? What shapes am I gonna do? What's the tone of voice? Who am I speaking to? It all felt unanswered. Um, and I tried thinking on this the other day, when did Start and Scale come into play? And I think it was around that same time because I remember I completed the branding and nothing else other than diving into pattern making. Um, I completed the branding before I found Start and Scale. And then when I dove into it, um, it came across probably because all I was Googling was how do I run a business? How do I dive into this? How do I manufacture? How do I come up with a minimum viable product? And, you know, kudos to your marketing people. It came across my screen and said, here, here we are. We can solve all your problems. And I was so thirsty for knowledge. It was the most perfect thing to come across. Um, I did feel like, whoops, I put so much time and energy into branding, um, which I'm thankful for now. But I remember kicking myself and watching um, Greta explain, just go, 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 and then focus your energy in these spaces. But so be it, we all make mistakes. Um, the end result was positive. And it was... It was such an answer. I think it really helped me break down the tasks 
in to-do list format. Like for me, <laughs> my to-do list read things like find a manufacturer, which left, it was unticked for months and months because it's like, well, that's not the first step. <laughs> you know, there are a million steps to get there. And I think what really helped me with finding the course, diving into the course, I was able to say, I haven't even thought about my customer. I haven't thought about my target market. I haven't thought about rewinding way back and setting up those building blocks to get to, okay, now I'm ready to manufacture. Um, and coming from the background I did in HR, I love building blocks. I love paperwork. I love those steps. So I think it really helped me kind of professionalize my process rather than like, okay, my kid's napping. I'm going to look at some inspiration. It was all right. Here's exactly what I need to get done. If I want to launch by this day, the reason it took three years was the actual perfectionism into the product. So I was lucky enough to find somebody to help me source an amazing manufacturer in Australia. I was able to go to Sydney, meet them, see what they were capable of, and they were behind my idea. I did meet another, another manufacturer that wasn't, and that blew my mind that they, they kind of kept trying to convince me to just make T-shirts. Just make T-shirts, just make onesies, it'll make you more money, and then we'll get more orders. And I didn't realize that was a hurdle I was going to hit. Um, so I felt super grateful. I found my amazing manufacturer who was on board with what I wanted to do. Um, and I forewarned them. I am a perfectionist. This garment is going on babies for years and I'm going to test it a lot and I'm going to make sure that it works and I'm going to make sure it's cute and I'm going to make sure it's soft. I'm going to make sure stains come out of it. And that's where a lot of the time went. The time went into ensuring the patterns all made sense, ensuring they fit babies properly, bringing them home, trying them on every baby I knew of various ages, um, all of that. So that took a lot of time. So I actually felt like I had a business for ages, but nobody knew about it. <laughs> and then once we had the product, we had the photos, the website was up we launched last November and I just felt like like a huge sigh of relief that, Oh my gosh, it's finally out there. But then the to-do list got so much longer. Like, okay, now people have to find it. People have to like it. People have to tell me their feedback. And um, yeah, it was a, it was a great shift. And another, you know, amazing reason start and scale continues to be successful is it doesn't leave you hanging. You know, I have loved being able to refer back to it or rewatch parts that I'm stuck on or, yeah, dive into, you know, marketing we've put almost no money into yet. Um, we were able to, to do a very small run of our product to ensure, A, the customer wanted it and gain feedback so we could change. and. Um, yeah, just not go a little bit too crazy. And now our next steps are a huge order. You know, we've gone from teeny tiny to, all right, this works. People are asking for it. We sold out really fast. And now we need to get everything here, unfortunately, in pandemic times. So let's plan for that.
You've covered a lot of exciting things. And I think one thing that you, you did mention, which I think is so prominent is, you know, sometimes when you're searching for those manufacturers and you're talking to a whole variety of people, it's really jarring almost to see that some people just don't understand your vision when you're so passionate about something. So I think it's really great that you ended up finding someone in Sydney locally that can help you. And I'd love to talk more about the process of manufacturing your products, because I feel like your unique selling proposition is a, the fact that they can fit so many sizes, but the functionality of your actual garments. Do you want to talk more about what actually went into making them fit a variety of sizes, including the materials, your buttons, your drawstrings and things like that? Yeah, yeah, secret sauce. <laughs> um, so we have seven styles. They're not out yet, but when I was diving into all of these patterns and all of the ways that they grew, I had the best coffee meeting with a girlfriend because I was stressing. I was stressing about all of them being perfect at once and launching. And she said to me, what if you just did one, made it perfect, put your time into it, launched that one product to teach your customer this is possible? Because, you know, in the market of buying baby clothes, the the unique variations and the differentiation from brand to brand is vibe. You know, do you have a beachy kid? Do you have a city kid? Are you in a cold climate, a warm climate? You know, do you like character driven things? Do you like beige? Like really it's more, um, 10 times out of 10, the parents choosing how they want that to, to look and feel. So I knew I was hitting all of my marketing would have to be about education. It would have to be about saying, wait a second, there's a problem that you know you have, but you don't know there's a solution for it. So that shifted everything for me. Instead of diving into seven products, making them all perfect, making every element about them work, and then educating the customer on seven different ways, seven different garments grew, um, I pulled back and said, all right, year one, one product. Year two, we'll launch two or three more products and we'll do it that way. Um, so that, that helped a lot because even in this first year with just the romper and the elements that make it grow, it's already helped me fix future designs and think of future designs rather than diving into, okay, this should work. Let's make all of them happen and then gain feedback and find out this style isn't needed. It goes against my ethos of waste. Um, so in saying that, we dove entirely into this romper, um, which also meant tons and tons of research into exactly when babies grow. And babies grow seven sizes in two years, approximately. <laughs> um, and I was trying to make one outfit fit for those full two years. That took a lot of time to realize it wasn't going to look cute when it was too big and it wasn't going to quite fit comfortably because at the age of two, let's just say it fit them from zero to two, they're going from sleeping all day to running, crawling, climbing. So it's, it's just a lot of stuff going on in their body that you then have to make a garment work for. So what we then just developed was a garment that fits from zero to one, 
when they're really in that baby phase so that there's not too much excess product. Um, we've got, we've got your snaps that allow for obviously shoulder adjustment. Um, the cuffs at the bottom are able to fully fold under and then fold up. So that's taking inches of length off. And then inside is our drawstring system. So the drawstring system is taking the bulk of that fabrication away. Um, it's also, there's the inside of the garment. So the parent can pop this on their kid, pull the drawstring and knot it. And that should theoretically fit in that way for a few months. And then they pop it on and realize it's getting a bit tight. They can loosen those settings. And so over that first year, you've got one item of clothing that can be layered, that can be worn in summer, that's hypoallergenic. Um, and that was a big one too, you know, I think, I love that we currently sell in Australia, New Zealand. I've sold a few things overseas, but for me it was about something that could be worn in multiple climates. And so then diving into bamboo instead of a cotton was really important. It was a more sustainable material. It's so soft um, and it washes extremely well. So that also aided. So having that bit of stretch and that bit of softness allowed for the garment to really shine even further. Um, so with those different adjustments, you've got three plus years of wear and just two items. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, see on publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. I love that you have keeping keep sorry wow tongue tied. You have stuck to your roots and you've used sustainable materials, including your bamboo. But you've also done something quite special with your packaging as well. Did you want to touch more upon that as well? Sure. Yeah. Another reason it took me three years to launch was every single touch point I put too much time into. As you know, I being in Byron Bay, I online shopped a lot. I bought gifts a lot. I received a lot of small business packages. And in that time was constantly inspired. Oh my gosh, look how cool this is. Oh my gosh, look how they did this. Um, or I knew the brands that didn't do much. And if I was buying a gift, I'd have to send it to myself to ensure I wrapped it before I sent it off to the receiver. Um, so I was thinking through that whole process and the more I developed the product, the more people I spoke to about it, the more I realized a lot of our customer base is going to be gift givers, not moms at home, not knowing how fast their kids grow and buying. We will have those customers, but the data shows almost all of them are gifts. So that really made me realize I want that package being received or to be sent to be ready to go. Um, not only that, but it needed to also be sustainable. Um, we're lucky that in Australia, we have many companies to go for sustainable packaging. I think it's totally 
crazy not to go that route. Um, the technology is there, compost is easy, city or country, you can make these products work. Um, I do feel most companies are going that way. Uh, so I was able to work with No Issue Co and get our bags that compost, get the tissue paper that again is recyclable and uses plant-based inks. So everything's safe for the environment, um, right down to the shipping labels. Um, luckily that's finally come to Australia, but when we were launching, all shipping labels needed to be peeled off the compostable bag and put in the bin, and then the compostable bag could be composted. Um, overseas, they already had shipping labels created or thermal printers that could also go into compost. Um, so we ordered those. I just wanted absolutely everything to be plastic free, environmentally sound, um, but still beautiful. Um, we currently package every single garment by hand into tissue paper with stickers with our swing tags and our thank you cards being on seated paper. Um, these are printed on a, what they call an edible ink printer. And so all of those dyes can go safely into the soil. And, you know, my vision is that whoever's receiving this gets to show their kids something really cool. Look at this. We now get to go plant it, put it in the soil. We can water it every day and it sprouts in seven days. So you get this really fun extra gift of, flowers um you know and if you don't have a garden you can do it in a pot in your kitchen and and in a few weeks time you've got beautiful daisies um you know just another another thing we're all online shopping so much more and there's there's a lot of packaging you know there is a lot of packaging so to know that you're purchasing a garment and you're receiving a garment at the end of the day and everything else can go back into the earth was really, really important. Um, our next step this year, and which has actually been delivered today, are our gift boxes. So we've got fully recyclable gift boxes so that now our customers can, when giving a gift, choose a different way of packaging it so that it is all the way ready to be handed out. Um, you know, just that little bit extra special touch. It definitely is. And I honestly, when I found out about the seeded paper, I love when companies do that. And like you said, it's something a little bit different. And especially coming from a product that does do baby's clothes, it is that really nice element where a mum and a bub can have that little extra activity, which I think is really, really mm -hmm. special. And let's now talk about, so you've got through your manufacturing, you have your product in your hands. How was launch day? When was launch day? And how did you feel actually being able to, to get this out after three years? Oh, it's crazy. It, it felt completely surreal, I think, because of all the time that went into it and also watching other entrepreneurs launch fast. Um, I spent a lot of time kicking myself, thinking that I spent too much time on well, one element and not enough time on others. Um, I think the life of an entrepreneur is constantly feeling like you don't know everything about everything. And launch day almost erased all that. So that was in early November last year, um, pandemic world, bit crazy, but we had the product in hand. I was able to go to Sydney and pick it up and it was a big exhale, to be honest. I think I spent so much time worrying people wouldn't want it and that it was just me that to put it out there felt like, all right, I've done absolutely everything in my power to ensure that this is 
the product that I want to represent the idea. And hopefully people will enjoy it. Um, as I've said before, we put very, very little money into marketing, if not any. And we just thought at this stage, we'll allow it to be organic growth. Um, that will be changing this year. We have the marketing budget. We have the ability to dive into um, deeper levels of content and education. But at that time, just to get those first orders in, friends, family, and a few strangers felt amazing. It felt amazing to have all that packaging ready to go and use it. It felt amazing to steam the garments and make them perfect. And it just, it just felt great. It felt like I'd finished something. Even though it was the beginning, it really does feel like, oh my gosh, I've, I've done it. And now everything else is smooth sailing because it exists. Because prior to that moment, before it's out there for other people to discover, it's just you. It's just you in your head, talking to yourself, wondering. And once I got my first order from a stranger, that, that's when I celebrated. When I didn't know who the person was, that was like, okay, we've made it. This person has found us. They want it. This is amazing. And I've taken the time to message every single one of those people to say, how did you find me? You know, thank you for, thank you for shopping with us. We're super duper small and trying to make a really big difference. And it's been such a great thing to get to know my customers. Um, I'd absolutely love to get out there face to face and even do markets, even just be out there and speak to people and sh show them how it works. Um, we're diving into wholesale accounts this year and getting in front of more people physically, I think will make a huge difference. But to be here at home with my son and having him help me pack orders was oh, just incredible. Incredible. I can only imagine what that feeling would have been like. And as you said, it's kind of a sigh of relief, but also it's, it's an end of one thing, but a start for an even bigger chapter, which is super exciting. Mm. And I think a lot of people realize that listening, how, you know, just to even get to launch day is a massive, massive feat, but then it really kind of starts and you have to keep the momentum. You mentioned earlier uh, that you actually sold out of your products. Did you sell out within a particular time frame? Yeah, so we, we dove deeper into one size than the other, knowing that most people will buy gifts or buy for their younger baby. Um, we completely sold out of our size small within five months. Um, we did the numbers and thought that we had enough stock for a year, if not 18 months. So it's a good problem to have, but it also meant in a pandemic world, we weren't able to get our fabric across quickly. Um, we weren't able to utilize our Sydney factory while they were in lockdown. So, I mean, I spent a lot of time being frustrated that the customer can't get those sizes, but it also meant people wanted it and you know luckily we're in an empathetic space that people understand that we're running into a few new types of hurdles um it's just meant smarter investment for us to order way ahead and a lot extra um but yeah it was a, it was a double-edged sword it was a phenomenal feeling that we did our numbers wrong and it was more successful um, but now in future, I'm going to ensure I have lots and lots of stock ready to go. Uh, we still have a few, and I mean like two or three pieces of our larger size run. They're really popular for first birthday gifts because 
parents or friends know that they can give it on birthday number one and it lasts them through to birthday number three. Um, but yeah, that's it. You know, there's, there's so little left and that's also really dictated not marketing because there's no point pushing a product you don't have. Um, you know, we will be diving into pre-sales. We will be incorporating all of those things. Um, the minute I can photograph our new colorways and our new style, um, you know, that'll be a really exciting time. It's great to speak to an audience that exists versus last year. I felt like I was, you know, just waving and saying, we're over here. If anybody wants to come check us out. Um, but yeah, that's been, it's been really fun. I think, you know, motherhood in itself is an absolutely massive job and a huge learning curve. And doing this at the same time has really, it's really pushed my confidence way up. It's made me realize I can do things I didn't know possible and complete them. Um, and everything that feels like a challenge ends up being just a blip, just an absolute nothing. And that's really helped me take momentum forward to say this feels like a big problem but it's absolutely not just tick the box get it done move forward um you know same with parenting tantrums last two minutes and then you've got a happy amazing child again in that moment it feels so stressful um you know the advice i'm giving anybody moms in particularly that are thinking about doing something a bit different is do it you know it's the it's it's so similar to parenting in that you're diving into something you totally don't understand, but you will rock it because you're doing it from such a place of passion and excitement that, that the scary parts can be helped. You know, Sturt and Scale really took on that load for me of this might seem stressful, this might seem scary, daunting, finances, accounting, you know, planning, all of that, but to have a place to go and the Facebook page, like people are so supportive um that's been incredible you know to to flag a few things that i just you know you miss that turning your chair and talking to your colleague and asking them a question it's there if you're happy to put yourself out there you'll have 50 60 150 people answer you and um yeah that's been huge i think it's great even that you've compared motherhood to to a business which is so so crazy in some people's eyes that it would probably seem like black and white but I think you're so right in saying that the advice is you know how you can come across these problems the same as you might with your child but you can move through them and you will move through them which I really really love and I'm sure a lot of people listening will resonate to as well I would love to also know more about your sales so how did your store perform in terms of revenue with actually producing and, and selling out of all of your garments yeah so we we worked our margins out. I give full and total credit to my husband, Tim, who is a business consultant. He loves the stuff. He loves numbers, as do I. But he can spreadsheet all day long with such passion. It's fabulous. So he was really able to help me plan the year, or so we thought, plan 18 months and say, here's how much stock we need. Here's what it's going to sell for, our margins, etc. There's no point launching a business if it's not going to make money, let's be honest. And so that was important to me to ensure that the extra money we were spending to manufacture here um, meant a higher quality product and got us to our RRP. Um, so with that, we ordered the minimum order quantity required from our manufacturer, which in our minds would last 
one year to 18 months. And we would be making five, six grand from that. So the opportunity for earning we knew was low. But in that time or in that planning, six months in, we were meant to launch a new product. And then another six months, another product. Um, COVID derailed that deeply. And we just had to run with it and say, all right, well, we'll when it's possible, when our fabric arrives is when it arrives. Um, but we've, we've hit those numbers. So we've been operating, where are we now? Nine months. And we've done 5K. Um, we did slight amounts of gifting and a few things here and there. So the numbers, the numbers don't seem huge, but they were exactly what we needed to sell. It was absolutely every garment, apart from the two or three sitting in my warehouse. And it, it feels great. Um, we've mapped out a much more significant year. Um, I know what I want to contribute to my family. I know the business that I want to build. And that requires a much deeper investment in production um, as well as into marketing. And we've planned that. We've planned that for this year. We know our hurdles. We know our new timeframes in a post-pandemic world. And we're able to dive in in the next few days into our next production round, having stock ready for Christmas. That is five times more stock than our first, um, which is huge. You know, I, I didn't picture that amount of growth, um, but I feel so confident that that's required. So talk to me next year and it'll be exponentially larger, hopefully. <laughs> I have no doubt that it will be. And just even saying that five times more product is five times that revenue, which is probably something that you never thought could be possible in such a short amount of time. But I'm so glad that, you know, you're thinking big and you're really trying to push that because it's so inspiring and, and I love hearing it. And I really hope that we do catch up again and we can chat and it'll all be just incredible just seeing your whole journey. And you know, once it was launched and once it was in those fingertips of those strangers, I'm sure you're getting quite some valuable feedback that you'll put into these new new colors and new styles. What's one thread of AS feedback that you really got from your consumers that kind of changed the way that you originally thought you would manufacture your next products? I mean, at this stage, if I'm honest, the feedback's been great. What I have shifted slightly is something very, very minor, but that was um, the ivory details. So in the first round of production, we had an ivory breast pocket and ivory cups. Um, I don't even remember why I made that decision, but we did. And I think I like the contrast. And now I realize for kids layering, it only really looks good with an ivory underneath. Um, well, it, it, you could put anything underneath, but from a styling perspective for a garment that lasts so long, it made more sense to be a lot more tonal. So moving forward, that's the only shift we've really made. The sizing works, the adjustments work. Um, but that minor detail for those perfectionist mothers or keen fashion eyes was just to ensure that the entire garment was the same tone. Um, I spend a lot of time picking colors to ensure that most are gender neutral um, because also with the sizing, if you have siblings, one's a girl, one's a boy, depending on that age gap, the same child, two different children could wear that same garment. Um, I mean, dusty pink has been wildly popular. 
but so of her gender neutral colors. So moving forward, we'll always have something a little bit girl, a little bit boy, especially when you're thinking of a gift giver, it's what they're drawn to. They might be excited to be getting a new granddaughter, a new grandson, but a large proponent of our, um, our colorways will, will lean both ways. Um, it also means less waste. It's just naturally less waste. If you've got a new sibling on the way, you're not overhauling all of those hand-me-downs because they're overly gentrified. So um, we're continuing with that. And we are considering diving into larger sizes. So at the moment, our range lasts until your child is about three. Um, diving into new styles such as pants uh, that could make more sense for your preschooler kindergartner something easy to play in can you know handle the rough and tumble or or harder wear for say your three to six year old that that is being looked at so we're sampling that to see if it's something that could be out there um but that's about it like we've just been really lucky it's been really cool because now going on nine months, we're seeing that baby that got the newborn outfit as a nine month old. Um, or for some of our earlier customers that we gifted to seeing their one and a half year old wearing the garment. And that's been so cool. Like so cool to see, because all I had was my son, my son growing really fast and no longer fitting my samples and then needing to source other people's kids. So to see it actually working for somebody exactly how I intended um, has been the best feedback. Just to see those photos side by side of tiny little squishy baby and running crazy one and a half year old, um, that's been really cool. I can only imagine. And I know my mom would have saved so much money with my two older sisters yeah. and myself. It's just insane. And I think it's really great what you're doing. And I think it's for a great cause and the products are simply beautiful, but working towards wrapping up, there's a question that I always love to ask anyone that, you know, I speak with and to anyone listening, what would be the one core piece of advice that you would like to, to bestow on them from what you've learned throughout your whole experience? I think, honestly, I think my biggest, personally, my biggest one has been believing in myself. Simple as that, you know, or not so simple. Uh, depending on the background you're coming from, even if I'd launched 20 businesses before this one, there are still new hurdles, new things that feel real. Uh, you know, if you're diving into new industries, all of it, all of it can seem scary. Um, and you can, you can reach out to people as well. You know, I think those two things have saved me just slowly believing myself that, um, problems are good. Failure is good. Um, all of those things that feel negative eventually feel like the best thing ever. Um, halfway through production, I lost my production assistant, which meant I would be the only person speaking to the factory with no one in between. And my knowledge of zero when it came to it, I probably had a three month hiatus of what on earth am I going to do when, when that person retired and said, sorry, I can't help you anymore. Uh, but it was the best thing to ever happen. You know, my husband knew it right away, but it just meant I was on top of every decision. I knew every single element that went into that garment because I had to. Um, so that, that huge problem in my mind became the best shift in my business 
So I would say, I mean, I'm giving a million here, but it should not be too cliche of, of taking on failures as a positive. Just believe in yourself every single day. If you are really, really passionate, you know what, even on days you're not passionate about what you're doing. You've chosen to take this shift. You've chosen to move away from a different life. You've chosen to invest in knowledge. At the end of the day, that's, that's what you're doing. You're investing in yourself, learning a new skill. You're investing in yourself, communicating with new people. You know, even, even if the product doesn't launch, you're gaining so much as a human being. Um, I mean, I, I'd be silly to say, don't get started in scale as well. That really helped. Um, and ask people, ask people questions. You know, I've been really, really lucky that when I've needed advice and asked people for it, they were so, so happy to give it. And in my mind, it felt like a, a scared little kid at school talking to the cool kids who had made it. You know, these are the people that are doing what I want to do. They don't have time for me. It's the exact opposite. They, you know, if you surround yourself with the right people, they want you to succeed as well. And they're happy to share their knowledge. They were you. So it's a very multifaceted answer. But I think your confidence will grow day by day. And if the first product doesn't work or the first type or the first manufacturer or your marketing budget isn't giving you what you want, so be it. Keep going. You've gone this far. Keep going. It's too, it's too fun when you get there. I completely agree with you. And I think that's one of my favorite questions for a reason because so many people have such great advice. And I know it's one of my favorite things because I learn so much from everyone that I speak to. But, you know, now that we've come to the end of this, I'm really excited to see where you will go in the future, when you start marketing, when you bring out those new colorways. And hopefully we can catch up again soon. But in the meantime, thank you so much, Jax, for sitting down and speaking with me today. I appreciate it. And yeah, hopefully speak again soon. Thank you, Molly. It's been great. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes.